Welcome to the Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series in the hospitality tabletop industry. This podcast was originally published in the week of June 8th and runs for approximately 35 minutes. Now here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi everyone, I'm Dave Turner and I'm your host here at Seat Yourself and I want to welcome you back to our podcast and our continuing series on the front lines. This episode of Seat Yourself is episode number 79 and we welcome you today from this beautiful confines of Studio B right here at Tabletop Journal headquarters in the city of Baltimore on America's beautiful East Coast. Seat Yourself is our weekly podcast covering the whole world of hospitality and specifically hospitality tabletop. And today, we've got another great episode for you here as we bring back Copenhagen's Zandela Ritson Hansen to continue the conversation on a topic we started approximately a month ago, and that's Cocktails to Go. Now, after our initial Cocktails to Go segments, I know many of you had questions, so I thought we'd ask Xander to join us again and keep that conversation going. And of course, Xander is the man behind the brands Mixology International and Scandic Bar, But as if that wasn't enough, Xander is also president of the Danish Bartenders Association. And he finds himself a frequent speaker at various trade shows, including Ambiente's very successful Horeca Academy. And with all of that, I want to welcome back Xander Lorenzen Hansen to our program and Cocktails to Go 2.0. And I want to welcome Zandela Ritson Hansen back to Seat Yourself and our On the Front Line series to talk about Cocktails to Go 2.0. Xander, it's great to have you back here with us. Thank you for having me. Zandy, when we were talking leading up to this segment, this episode, you were excited, as I can imagine, you would be about Cocktails to Go and doing more on that subject, doing a little bit deeper dive in it. What prompted you to be so excited about coming back and doing a 2.0? We covered it pretty well the first time, I thought, but now you have more to talk about, I guess. Well, t- to be honest, I was I truly enjoyed our last talk. And what really surprised me afterwards were people who were tuning in and listening came directly to me on either through, they already knew me, but mostly through my, my LinkedIn and asked, so how was this work? How was the calculation? So I got quite a big response from our talk regarding all sorts of questions and, and follow-up to, to our last session. So I was surprised how many people were tuning in, and I figured it would be easier answering some of the questions through your channel than going through all the different messages I got. We got the same kind of reaction here, and that's why I was I was very happy to come back and do 2.0. About a, the other session we did was about a month ago, and by the way, is there any special day going on today? Because when we spoke about cocktails to go the last time, it was, I think, International Cocktail Day. Or, and I'm just wondering, is there some other day going on today? Every day is a cocktail day. I know. I don't think there's anyone today, but I, we just had Mint Julep Day, which I'm, I was a big fan of. I don't think there's anything today, but if you're in a good mood, every day is, is a cocktail day. Well, that brings up a point, though, and I don't want to get ahead of our discussion, but that brings up a point. Isn't it important to sort of link... If you're going to do a cocktails to go menu, isn't it important to link to sort of current events, whether it be Mint Julep Day, World Cocktail Day, whatever it is? Isn't it important to sort of have that merchandising to go along with your the, the menus that we were talking about last time? Definitely. I would always recommend that when you create your cocktail menu, your wine menu, et cetera, that you, you add 
at least four different uh, seasons to it, depending on, on where in the year you are. But at the same time, of course, that when you create a cocktail menu, always think about what, what kind of day is coming up, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving, where you something with pumpkin. So you should always remember what kind of date. And I have my calendar where each time there's a new holiday or a special day, it's, it's in my calendar. It's just good to know. Yeah, I think the idea of having seasonal cocktails is really, really a good idea. And it's an easy one to do. I mean, and, and who doesn't like cool, refreshing drinks in the in the warm temperatures of the summer months and maybe something a little pumpkin-like in the fall? So anyway, let's get into some of the things. I know we, we covered a lot of it last week, but the basic premise for cocktails to go is twofold. As we come out of COVID-19 and we want to give operators a chance to make an increased stream of profitability. And also we want to enhance the guest experience for that takeaway diner. There's still going to be takeaway as we come out, even because restaurants with seating limited to 20 to 50% of their seats and some plus some outside dining, there's still going to be a demand for takeaway dining. And why not sell them cocktails to go with that that dinner or that breakfast or the brunch or whatever they're, they're picking up at that point? Bloody, we talked about last time, brunch is a great one to sell Bloody Marys to go. But anyway, that's the thought process behind this. Isn't that right? Yeah. Profitability and guest demand. Yeah, also evolving the business you have always need to evolve to be able to follow up what the demands of the customers have. So, And I think if you would look at the positive side of, of COVID-19, I, I'm saying that very carefully, it has shown how we can change hospitality and adapt to the new reality. And especially with cocktails to go all around the world, new opportunities have, have arrived and, and you already see that bars, brands, producers are working more closely together than before. Cocktails to go is not a, a bar job specific. It's, it's a, co- a cooperation between the, the glassware, the container, the spirit brands, the, the mixers, the bar. And COVID has shown that, that it's much easier now to develop new ideas like cocktails to go since we are all in the same boat and we need to find new ways to evolve and adapt. Yeah, I I really like the idea that you can reinforce the restaurant or bar's brand, overall branding, by having the right cocktail in the right container and merchandise in the correct menu, as you were describing it earlier. And I think that you have an opportunity, not just to, uh, as an operator, not just to make good profits, but also give the consumer something they want, of course. But reinforcing the branding of your restaurant. If you have a tropical-themed restaurant or a tropical-themed menu, why not uh, tiki, making tiki drinks to go? And we talked about sangria last time. I think that sangria goes with, with, to me, goes with lots of things, especially in the warmer months. So I think there's really a branding opportunity here, too. It's not just all about profitability. Yes. You like that. I know. You're a branding guy. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about some of the dispensers. If we can go do a quick rundown on some of the dispensers you talked about last time, uh, some of the easy, easy to go to dispensers that you that you were talking about to, for the cocktail to go program. Well, they basically cocktails to go. You always have to figure out where in the world you are, the different laws in different states in the U.S., but also in in, in Europe. Dispensers for me is is an easy way to develop cocktails to go. All the major glassware producers are, are producing really nice dispensers where you can have 
a gallon more. Sorry, I don't know all the American uh, terms for for measurement when it comes to that, but a gallon or more, four to six liters, where you can easily make in bulk cocktails to go, sangria, dark and stormy, Bloody Mary, where you have some quality cocktails to go in a large container. So it's, it's, it's not one cocktail you're selling, you're actually sell, selling like maybe 15 or 20. And what's interesting is with, with, with COVID that there, and the increase for cocktails has been growing. People are, are still want quality, even though they are locked inside. And with some of the new product that has been developed within the glass industry, you can actually take the cocktails with home. And working with the spirit brands, it's much easier to promote the new concept so like for me, like with, with dispensers, is is a brilliant opportunity where it was used before in hotels for juice. You can now use it for cocktails to go and increase your earnings since you're not selling one cocktail, but you're sending a dispenser which covers then 20, 30, 40 drinks, depending on, on the volume of, of the dispenser. Yeah, I like that. In our other podcast, we've talked about growlers, beer growlers, the big growlers that you can either bring to the table for outside dining, but they can also be to go as well. And in the South in America here, you have sweet tea, which people love. And certainly you can make bulk cocktails, as you say, not only to help with the service of the individual cocktails, but also making them for sale to consumers and the guests who come in as well. I also want to dive a little bit deeper into this working with the spirits brands. Tell me a little bit more about your thoughts on that, because you touched on it before in our first episode, and now we're back with it again. And I think that offers a great opportunity, not only to find a cooperative partner on the to-go program, but maybe in the overall marketing of the restaurant or the bar itself. That's kind of interesting. And it's, it's difficult for me to come with one specific example because it's very different from where, where you are in the world. But for me, what's interesting, if you're connecting with a supplier, spirit class, whatever kind of supplier, the principle is the same. If a bar in the US were to do cocktails to go, they should team up with one of the producers um, of bourbon or vodka, what, what they have, and whereby I see here in Denmark what happened and, and in Germany and other places where the spirit brand actually came to the bars, helped them financially to get the ball rolling. They gave the bar some numbers like if you hit this, the flow will continue. We will support you. And, and it's interesting to think about because before it was always the bar who was the customer of, of the spirit brands. Now COVID is actually changing the way we look at the supply chain. Because who is actually helping who? Bars right now are help, have always been helping the spirit brands. Now it's time for the spirit brands, I would argue, to, to help the bars. All the bars are closed around the world. They are slowly opening up, but the volume is still low. By working with the spirit brands, or depending on what kind of cocktails you have, multiple, you can help them increase sales, and they can help you by developing the new menu. It's interesting to see how the different brands around the world are coping with it. I know from my experience when we see cocktails to go in Denmark and, and Scandinavia, that when the spirit brands came to the bars and actually helped them, they helped themselves afterwards because the volume then started. So they, they, they were kickstarting the, the entire setup of cocktails to go, which I think is kind of brilliant how they did it. Yeah, and for spirits brands, there's no doubt that, at least here in the States anyway, during COVID, it's they've seen their retail, let's call it, through liquor stores, wine shops, and that off-the-shelf kind of shopping. They've seen their sales grow dramatically, and even some online purchasing of spirits has grown 
But their on-premise obviously has gone to zero, and now it's starting to come back. And I think it's a great opportunity for not only spirits makers, but as you said, uh, some type of uh, cocktail ingredient makers as well. And for for that kind of business to partner with an operator, a bar, or a restaurant, they can partnering can probably have a lot of different faces to it, including the cocktails to go part. And that can be uh, an interesting way for that spirits company to market itself and really reinforce its strong relationship with the consumer. So I really like that a lot. And I think that more and more you're seeing people partnering on, on a variety of levels and, and realizing that, in fact, whether you're a uh, spirit supplier or some type of other supplier of a foodstuff supplier, for instance, everybody's in this together and they all need each other. And it's not one person selling to somebody else. It's it's everybody trying to satisfy that good consumer demand and build that back to where it was. Exactly. And I think for, for me, what's interesting here is that before there was a clear chain of command or supply from production to sales rep to bar and, and so on. And taking some positive things out of COVID, you can actually see how like who was actually depending on who. And I believe that spirit brands, as well as general suppliers, they have a unique opportunity now to increase their brand awareness by the different bars, get a closer connection to them, and actually help them help themselves with with cocktails to go, which will then help them in the end. So I think there's a, a unique opportunity here for for spirit brands to to get a closer grip on the bar, but also just helping their customers. Sure, sure. I really like the idea of tying the menu back to that seasonality and the, and the holidays, too. It gives the opportunity when somebody calls in an order or places an order online for pickup and carry out or delivery, it really gives the restaurateur, the bar, an opportunity to upsell people. People mention the cocktail, suggest them a, a certain cocktail to go with their meal that they might not have thought about. Oh, yeah, but also like what was interesting is like I always like when multiple partners can work together for a common goal. And, and I'm a big fan of Tiki, I will not deny this. And what's interesting is right now that many different glass producers have developed different Tiki-styled products. And you also have Tiki dispensers. Now, Diatra just launched a Tiki version of their Captain Morgan. So for me, that's two strong brands who already have the same theme you have the dispenser, you have a product that is to the same market, it's the same story, which is Tiki. It should be quite easy to combine those for cocktails to go. And then you have major players, major brands telling the same story and that you can actually use not on one specific bar, but as a concept for multiple bars. Similar things has been, has been going on here and which had have very good, positive results. I have to agree with you there. I don't know that there's anybody anywhere who doesn't like Tiki. That's always more fun. We're going to take a break right now with our guest, Xander Loretzen Hansen. We're talking Cocktails to Go 2.0. And when we come back, Xander, I want to talk about making sure, even in the Cocktails to Go program, that we utilize that to keep hospitality in the hospitality business, keep it hospitable and keep it fun. We'll be right back with more on Cocktails to Go. This episode of See Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Donna Company. Everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And if you're not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's quick and easy to sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important goings-on in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's 
tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Xander Loretzen Hansen, and we're talking Cocktails to Go 2.0. We had a great session about a month ago, Xander, and I'm really glad to have you back here today. This is a topic that we could go on and on for for a long period of time. I want to, in the second segment of this episode, though, I want to get into some of the specific spirits as well, specific spirits being whiskeys, gins, vodkas, what you think the possibilities are for some of those individual spirits, those very popular spirits. Well, I, I think right now is the time to try out different things with the new reality we have. And personally, I'm a big favor of tequila and bourbon and all sorts of strong flavors. But what's really interesting right now, if you look uh, across Europe and the U.S., is gin. Gin is very exciting to work with since it has different kind of notes than you see normally in, in more stronger-based spirits like, like whiskey. So you see in generally when, when it comes to new trending that gin is trending a lot. It both fits the, the classic cocktails, but are more modern, have a lot of florals. So you, you hit a lot of different kind of archetypes when it comes to some of your guests. Where, where gin is, is, is a perfect product to, to work with many different kind of people. Yeah, and it not gin more of a warm weather, is it perceived as more of a warm weather type drink by a lot of people? It depends on the cocktail, but but yeah, I would say that it is a warm weather cocktail, but you can also use it for when it's like cold. It, depend, it depends on what kind of products you, you make, what kind of cocktail you do. But gin is interesting because if you do a, a cocktail to go or a dispenser, you can use gin in many different ways. Gin comes in so many different flavors, floral. Whiskey is, is sometimes difficult to work with because it's only a certain amount of people who will be attractive to, to whiskey, where gin is more overall covering all types of different people. I like it because you're right. There, there are so many different tastes and flavor profiles for gin. And also, it's easier, I think, sometimes for operators to make up a small gin menu with different regional gins. And, and I think that brings a lot of more fun and interest in it from the consumer side, especially if you're in an area where there could be several local gin distilleries within, within your given area. And gin is made all over the world, so it's great. Yeah, it's like the good thing with, with gin is also, and, and you mentioned on, with local, that gin is quite easy to produce if you compare it to whiskey. Whiskey has to age to a certain amount of time. So while you are producing your whiskey, you can still produce gin. Gin is... is easy to drink if you compare it to, to a smoked whiskey. And since there are so many local producers, you, you still have the local effect. And especially nowadays, people want to, to drink locally. Think globally, but enjoy local. And what about rums? We talked a lot about rums in our last episode. Tell me a little bit about rums, because I think rums are on the rise, definitely. We see that. Almost all kinds of spirit based are growing. Everything from whiskey to pisco to mezcal, everything is growing. Rum is interesting since it, it has always been there. It's sweet, so people who like sweeter spirit will often go to, to bourbon or, or, or rum. And rum is, is having a new renaissance. It's growing all around the world. Tiki, as mentioned, I'm a fan of. You see more and more tiki going into not only tiki bars, but going into more standardized cocktail bars, cafes. The range of rum for, for the end consumer, if going to a liquor store, is much bigger than 10 years ago. So, so the whole idea of rum, how is rum made, how old it is, and what kind of taste is, is, is developing. And we see rum fest coming up all around the world, where we have, like we have the um, rum fest here in Denmark, we have a Berlin rum fest, there's one in France. We see all sorts of, of fairs 
covering rum and only rum. And rum is easy to, to drink since it's, it's kind of sweet and easy to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that the Renaissance in spirits and particularly premium and super premium spirits has done over the past say five or 10 years, I think, I'm not an expert like you are, but I, I believe that that growth in super premium and premium spirits has really educated the public on different, uh, for instance, rums. They understand that rums are different from one part of the world than they are from another. And they, and getting, again, though, back to those flavor profiles, gin is a great example of that, where you have Scottish gins, you have German gins, you have American gins, obviously British gins, and they're all a little bit different. And they all have their own nuances. Yeah, but also comes back to knowledge. If you don't know anything about rum, it's difficult to, to get. And the last 10 years, the world is getting smaller each day. We are getting closer and closer together. You can buy something from, from America and have it three days later, later in Europe. Everything is getting closer and the world's getting smaller. And thanks to Google, we are learning more and more about products. So people are more and more interested in rum and gin. They are now able to, to search for the information that 10 years ago, 15 years ago was difficult. So thanks to the internet and like general shipment, it's much easier to get the information and get the product. And the more people earn, the more curious for, for getting like more expensive product. And you want to enjoy yourself. And it's, it's fine buying very expensive rum because then you have something to, to enjoy. Yes. So like in, in general, you see that the private consumers all around the world are using more and more time to invest in, in new products, new whiskeys, new gin, new rum, even tequilas and mezcal is, is having a boom over here. I agree that the, the accessibility to different products from all over the world, of all types. I mean, everything is available to everybody pretty much around the world now. That's And it's a great way to be. I want to shift the discussion, Xander, to glassware producers. Obviously, we're here today talking about cocktails to go. And the first thought is to go to disposables, some sort of disposable container or whatever. Give our the glassware uh, producers, the permanent glassware producers, let's talk about what they can be doing to get in on some of this and not only just get in on it, but also to bring new ideas and new creativity to uh, the cocktails to go segment. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's actually interesting thing about cocktails to go. What I noticed the first time we had this discussion, a few days later, I got several questions from bartenders. What container? What should be a glass bottle, a glass? Like how? Like basically just how? And I was a bit surprised because I figured that we have already talked about it the first time. And I apologize for people listening that wasn't clear enough. But the interesting part is with glass producers, they actually have the key to the door. They are the one producing what in the end contains the cocktail. And what's interesting is that you can see with, with um, dispensers that it's a perfect opportunity for large volume cocktails. You can do disposable, but you can also take glassware that you maybe are using in a hotel for something else you can use the cocktails to go, where you just need a special kind of lid to hold it. So I think glass producers are is, is a key factor when it comes to cocktails to go, since you need something to have it in. And Yes, you can use disposables, but I like the idea with bars are using a glass. By using glass, you have the whole feeling when, when you touch the glass. It's, it covers the whole cocktail when you use a glass. And bars can often, what they do here, is to have a fee. Like you pay, you get $2 back when you return the glass, or which is then put in the price. So they get the glasses back and can reuse it. So, so you don't throw it out, but you actually reuse it. And if the customers 
don't return the glass, then you keep the $2 or how much the fee for the glass is. So glass producers have a unique opportunity here to actually develop and control to a certain amount of it, how cocktails to go will develop. A couple of points on that from the glassware side. I think through the years, most glassware manufacturers that I'm familiar with, most of them have themed shaped glassware. And if you're looking to support a themed menu, you can think of uh, beer glasses in the shape of a boot, but it gets much more creative than that. That's the first thing that pops in my mind. But there are some very, very interesting, when you talk about tiki glass, when you, uh, when you talk about Caribbean cocktails, rum cocktails, whatever. I also think, too, what you just said about bringing the glass back, reusing the glass, trading it in, whatever. I think that, that idea of recycling and sustainability it's a great selling point for having that cocktail to go go out in some sort of permanent glassware. So I think you're right. And, and, and finally, to echo your point, I think the glassware people, the glassware producers, have, they have the connection, the relationship with the bartenders. And I think it's really a chance where you have the operator, the spirit supplier, the ingredient supplier and the glassware supplier all coming together, realizing that they're in it together. They all have a vested interest in growing back what we would call in the States on-premise beverage business. And takeout is a great way to do that. So one of the things you said last time that really surprised me too, is that you talked about bartenders being so influential in the choice of the cocktails that people, I think you said something about 80% of the decision-making is oftentimes done by the, uh, su the suggestion of the bartender. Does that translate also to a signature cocktail that might be on a to-go cocktails to-go menu? If somebody places an order to go to pick up whatever, and there's a suggestion, is there some translation over to that to-go order? I would say yes and no. It's, it's more actually no, since if it's online, you only have, there's no interaction. That being said, if, if a bar were to go, or cocktails to go, you wouldn't have the same amount of cocktails on the menu on your online version as in your bar. And that's just because it's, it's expensive. Like you need to streamline. So you only have four dispensers, four cocktails, maybe five, maybe a, like a mocktail, non-alcoholic. But like if, you, if you're doing a cocktails to go, you have to think about also the cost. So like if you were to do uh, use like optimize the ingredients, optimize the cocktails, what kind of glasses are you using? It wouldn't make sense to have five. If you're using real glass, make sure that it's similar glasses to decrease your cost. That being said, you, you can still influence them. If you change your market theme, people on social media are very active. From my experience here, by using Instagram, it's a strong media, it's a picture media, it's a very visual, and saying like, this Friday we are doing this cocktail, it's, it's Father's Day, we recommend this. Well, that's how you can influence them. If a customer calls in, like just show general interest. How are you? What are the cocktails for? Okay, it's a party of, of 10 girls meeting. Well, then I would recommend this instead. So you still have different ways to talk with the customers and, and influence them, but in different channels than the normal since they're not coming to the bar. But like, I wouldn't create a, a 20 cocktail menu. I would only create a five cocktail menu, two cocktails to go. 
Yeah, we've talked a lot about the merchandise and the guest experience today, but I also want to come swing back around into some of the financial parts of this. From the glassware, and it, it's a great time to be talking about cocktails to go, permanent glassware and all that, because I've noticed recently that several major manufacturers are offering what I would I believe are just incredible prices on certain tumbler series and things like that to jumpstart business again. So it's a great time to be thinking about glassware producers partnering with bars and restaurants. But what about the overall aspects of it? I mean, we talked when we started here that the two things we wanted to really keep it as a, as a leading premise for cocktails to go is operator profitability and, and certainly guest demand, the guest experience kind of thing. Talk about that operator profitability and why cocktails to go makes a lot of sense in a post-COVID-19 comeback. Well, I think it's it's interesting because even when COVID is over, I, I think how we interact with one another will permanently change. Like this is something that will last for a generation. Everybody will remember, and how we interact afterwards will will be changed. And making cocktails to go, there are different ways you can make money on it. In general, if you have a bar, you you are able to do cocktails to go, so you don't really have that extra cost as you already have a bar. If you choose five cocktails, you mass produce them. Because of mass production, you get cheaper supply prices. Because of COVID right now, prices are generally cheaper. So your cost is, is only going down. And with cocktails to go, if you have a regular stream of customers, but some of them can't come every Friday because they have all things to do, but they still want to enjoy your cocktails, now you can deliver it to their home. And people are generally loyal, especially bar guests are, are generally loyal to the bars that they, they visit. So they're more inclined to order from you, even though you're maybe a bit more expensive, but they know what they're getting. So with cocktails to go post-COVID, you will have an increased margin on the same product. Depending on your setup, it can be bulk production. Plus, there's a marketing aspect, which is, is you're promoting yourself outside of your bar into people's home, into their garden, into the barbecue. And yes, they can to some extent produce it themselves, but people m- m- want the real thing. So if you can go to a barbecue and supply an iced tea-based cocktail dispenser, people would w- w- go for that. So you, you're, you're actually extending, branding-wise, your connection with, with the end consumer. And on financial, you're actually making more money on the same product. Even now where you're closed, you have to pay rent. So this is just an addition to, to your normal stream of in an outcome. Yeah, maybe it's just me as a, uh, my background comes out of the marketing side. I tend to think of how can we reinforce branding? How can we deep, make a deeper connection to our customers? And I think cocktails to go are, are a great way to do that. You just mentioned a barbecue and whether it's a signature cocktail, developing a signature cocktail for barbecues in the States here, we're in the warmer months. And I think that, I think there's great opportunity for that. And I want to finish up our, our, our segment here by talking about bringing back that hospitality component. Can I just mention one more thing before we go into the next? Sure. Um, as for me also, that's interesting. If, if you look at the end consumer and they always have a phone, they always have a phone on them. And we're right now in, in an era where Instagram and Facebook is, is taking all of our time. And there's also an additional marketing that when, when people buy something that is expensive, there's quality, they want to share it. Like there, there's a basic need to share, see what I got see what my boyfriend got me for my Christmas party. Here's the uh, expense. So so people will be inclined to share your product, your branding story on their channels, which is difficult 
when they're in the bar because it, is, it can be dark. It's, it's not really polite to have your phone um, when you're having a cocktail with, with a friend. So, so the good thing about Inst- uh, with, with Cocktails to Go is that you can, you can use the customer's Instagram to promote your product. And thinking a little bit outside the box, if you can combine a cocktail to go with a specific glass or a spirit producer, you will actually end up in the home of private consumers who will then market it for you. So they're actually paying for your product while marketing it for you, which for me is very interesting. And especially right now, we can see that even growing because people are bored, they want to have some good cocktails, they, they will pay for it and they have their phone in their hand all the time. So bars and brands should consider how how much private are using their phones right now and they can the brands can use it for their marketing advantage i think that's an excellent point and i think when you have cocktails in the containers they come in you know some of the cocktails they need to be uh, unique in a certain way and distinguishable but certainly that can add to that brand reinforcement hey i got my batch of sangria from xyz restaurant or bar or i got these cocktails from this restaurant to go with this meal that we had this barbecue the good thing about cocktails go as well is if you have a, a normal bar you you have a, a specific segment of, of guests coming in with cocktails to go you can actually much better sell specific ideas to different cocktails. So you can have your traditional cocktails and then you can have one which is 100% eco-friendly where you have a different kind of straws and everything. It's easier to sell a value, a feeling with cocktails to go because people, if you could choose one, if, like the traditional one is what kind of cocktail you want. That's the traditional, you want a dark and storm, you want a mint julep. That's the traditional choice. But you can actually add value to it by changing also the, the feeling surrounding it you want a, 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 an eco-friendly cocktail it's five dollars more but then it's a hundred eco-friendly by using a different straw by using a different kind of glass what kind of uh, is it organic bourbon used so you can actually with cocktails go sell to different feelings and emotions which is more difficult than a bar because when you walk into a bar you can only have one theme you cannot have five different themes going on at the same time with cocktails to go you can customize a cocktail to a specific segment of your customer group. I think you're right. I think there's an opportunity to tell stories better in Cocktails to Go. And by inserting something, perhaps a a card with that cocktail recipe in it to go with the glassware that goes out, I really think there's a great way to deepen that connection with that guest. So I really love it. I think it is a great opportunity to partner with all the players in this, the operator, the, the suppliers of spirits, the ingredients supplier and the glassware supplier. So it all creates a much better guest experience. No, I, I mean, I'm just a fan of cocktails to go, so I, I can continue for hours. But I, there are so many examples right now around the world where, where it just works. And I would hope that producers will take the lead. We can see here that small distributors are working with glass suppliers to make a unique offer to the bars, making it easier for them. I hope post COVID-19s that the, the, the big players, the, the spirit brands, the glass producers will join forces and help the bars because a bartender is just one bartender, just one bar, but the, the bigger ones, they, they have more impact. And now it's the time to, to really change everything 
and going into 21 with cocktails to go on, on a much higher level. Yeah, it'd be great to see the, the spirits producers who've really benefited by this boom and uh, people staying at home and drinking and, and buying retail spirits to take some of that revenue and spread that back around so they grow the on-premise business and the takeaway business from that. So we'll be looking forward to seeing that. I really love the cocktails to go. I'd like to have another session down the road about it. Maybe we can get some great examples of it. But I know one thing. I know the bartenders, the bar people, the hospitality people, restaurant people, some of the most resilient and most creative people I could ever imagine. They're going to figure out some ways that you and I could never think of to be creative and to sell cocktails to go. Yeah. Sandra, it's been great having you with us again today. Any last words you want to say before we, uh, we, we wrap it up? Well, if any questions, remember, you can always write me directly or to uh, Tabletop Journal. There will be another session. It was it's a pleasure as always. I, I believe cocktails to go will, will only increase some places more than others, but especially in the U.S., I, I believe, depending on the state, that it will boom. Xander, thank you again for joining us. I want to invite everybody to go to your website, Mixology International. It's mixology.nu. And also they could check out Scandic Bar, which is scandicbar.eu. So Xander Loretz and Hansen, thanks again for joining us. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com. Thank you.